Welcome, Mr. Joe Sabo. Is it Sabo or Sabo? I've never known. It's Sabo. Sabo, yeah. Joe yeah. Sabo. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. We also got Mr. Porter that just chimed in. Yes, sir. Hello, Hello Joe. All right, and I think we're waiting. There he is, Mr. Patterson. I know okay. you're in the field working. Thank you for taking the time out to uh, to join us on the podcast, though. Yeah, if you guys hear too much background noise, let me know, and I'll hop off. Definitely. We're excited about kicking you off as soon as possible. Yes. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Joe, tell us, uh, you know, tell us who you are. So the pe- people that are listening, why, you know, what do you do, who are you, how did you get started, all that. You know, start from the very yes. basics. You know, where were you from? Who were you as a kid? All that good stuff. As a kid. Well, I don't know if we want to go that far back. But, uh, okay, so thanks for having me. 21 years ago. Yeah, 21. Uh, You know, I turned double nickels coming up here in March. Uh Oh. Yeah, that's a long time to remember from a kid. But, um, (laughs) yeah, you guys got a long ways to catch me here. Man, just 10 years for me. Is that right? Yeah, I hit the big 4-0 in April. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, 40's nothing. Um, okay, so here's my, here's my background. Um, even fresh out of high school, I started working in a collision facility that, with my brothers. And uh, we've been doing that for about 38 years. When we were doing all that, we polish and we cut and polish every car that comes out of the spray booth. So we're very familiar with uh, fresh paints. Um, DJ and Ian and you are more versed in, you know, the everyday uh, drivers and then the, the high-end cars without brand new paint on them. So, but that's kind of where we started working with foam and, uh, you know, we see all these, these foams come out and um, they start saturating in the center and we really like the foams and then we, in a nutshell, start to uh, cut out the center of this thing in a conical shape to trying to build the DRC 1000 pads and then evolve all these uh, different uh, shapes that we've come into now with a recessed back is where we started. And then uh, Rennie Doyle talked me into um, building a pad that was basically just a flat back pad, not a recessed pad. So it would fit more machines, make it thicker. Uh, then we, since then we've gone to um, down to the thin series that, uh, that you guys know of today, but um the, the, really, in a nutshell, that's really all it is. We started doing polishing as every day. We do it every day, just like you guys do. And uh, we're but, just- but so that's why I went. So, what was that company? What like is a body shop? Is that right? It is. It's called West Michigan Auto Body. Yeah, and uh, and that was how long were you open? Like, when did that start? Jeez, seventy-seven. 77. I think I started there in 79. So you started as just a, you just walked in? I, was, I mean, that, what? Oh, that's my, it's my family business. It's my brother's shop. Okay. So they, uh, they started, you know, fixing Corvettes was their thing. They bought a wrecked Corvette, uh, fixed it, bought another one, fixed it. And then pretty soon, you know how that all evolves, right? You polish your own car, then who comes knocking? The neighbor. So the neighbor wants their car fixed. And then the next thing you know, here we are in a collision industry learning about all the different uh, things that go on in today's world with collision industry. And we still do it. I mean, I still do that daily. And, so in 77, uh, that was when he fixed his first car that, 
or that's when he opened the doors of that's the business? When he, that's when he opened the doors of the business to other okay. people. Yep. And uh, it's really, it, it's the and clean, How did that go? Do you remember? Like, how was that when you were, when they was just opening? Well, no, I don't really remember because, you know, you're, I'm going to school and you got girlfriends and you're trying to break the law. Girlfriend, that's plural. <laughs> Joe was a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Joe. right. Yeah, and, well, you have to teach remember. us your ways, Joe. Teach us your ways. <laughs> yeah, oh, this was the seventies. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now we get to know. Here we go. Right, right, right. You have That's to why he doesn't that. remember. It was the seventies, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> You're seventeen years old, right? And, uh, and <laughs> okay. that? so that is funny. So, like, seriously, you don't have to spill all the beans, but. I mean, what was the 70s like? I mean, we hear about it, but I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> well, you're 17 years old in the 70s. Like, you're wearing bell bottoms, right? Oh, yeah. And Levi's were the big thing. Absolutely. Levi's bell bottoms. Yeah, if you, had, if you had a pair of Levi's, you were with the in crowd. And uh, when you got caught having a beer at 17 years old, the police uh, made you dump it out. They didn't put you in jail. Nice. So, you know, things, but the zero tolerance stuff, and I have kids, so the zero tolerance stuff is a good thing for today. But, you know, back in the day, it didn't, uh, you got your, it was a learning curve. You know, kids don't get to learn like that anymore. Um, cars were cool, man. The 70s cars that you guys know as muscle cars uh, was it. I had a 67 Camaro that um, I, I put a, uh, Oh, not a real heavy horsepower motor in it, but we tubbed the back end out, and I put 1533. Back then were Mickey Thompson 1533s. Um, I used to drag race it, and um, the car came with a power glide transmission, so that's what I drag raced with a high torque converter, high stall speed torque converter. And we ran, you know, 11 flats, 1090s, something like that. It was fun. Those were those were the good days, man. The muscle cars and in. In today's world, the muscle cars are now the Camaros and the Hellcats, and I mean that's the that's the '70s coming back again, '60s and '70s coming back again. You know, these are so. Cool I mean, cars. you grew up in cars, then. I did. Yeah, absolutely. I've Your world's always day. been something to do with cars. Every every single day, you bet. And you know, at at, at times, you get kind of tired of it. You know, um, you don't want to you don't want to work on cars much anymore. You know, like the plumber doesn't want to come home and fix his, uh, fix his sink. I mean, that's just uh, the shoe guy doesn't want to fix his shoes, right? I mean, that's just the way, uh, that's just the way it goes. But I still, I still like them. I appreciate all the cars. I appreciate what, uh, how things have evolved from lacquers to enamels to polyurethane paints. You know, um, I appreciate it. I watched all that stuff go on to cars and, and how to spray them. And um, it's, a different, it's a different world. Yeah, so we did a um, GNX Grand National. Oh, shoot, we lost Joe. Yeah, we, we lost him. Hmm. Well, we'll have to call him back. We were having problems with his phone earlier when I was just trying to talk to him. It just kept disconnecting. He might be on. Is it Wi-Fi he needs to be on? Well, he was on his Wi-Fi. Anyway, uh, let's, let's call him back.
Welcome, Mr. Joe Sabo. Is it Sabo or Sabo? I've never known. It's Sabo. Sabo, yeah. Joe yeah. Sabo. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. We also got Mr. Porter that just chimed in. Yes, sir. Hello, Joe. All right, and I think we're waiting. There he is, Mr. Patterson. I know yeah. you're in the field working. Thank you for taking the time out to uh, to join us on the podcast, though. Yeah, if you guys hear too much background noise, let me know, and I'll hop off. Definitely. We're excited about kicking you off as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Joe, tell us, uh, you know, tell us who you are. So the pe- people that are listening, why, you know, what you do, who are you, how did you get started, all that. You know, start from the very yes. basics. You know, where were you from? Who were you as a kid? All that good stuff. As a kid. Well, I don't know if we want to go that far back. But, uh, okay, so thanks for having me 21 years ago. Yeah, 21. Uh, You know, I turned double nickels coming up here in March. Uh Oh. Yeah, that's a long time to remember from a kid. But, um, (laughs) yeah, you guys got a long ways to catch me here. Man, just 10 years for me. Is that right? Yeah, I hit the big 4-0 in April. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, 40's nothing. Um, okay, so here's my, here's my background. Um, even fresh out of high school, I started working in a collision facility that, with my brothers. And uh, we've been doing that for about 38 years. When we were doing all that, we polish and we cut and polish every car that comes out of the spray booth. So we're very familiar with uh, fresh paints. Um, DJ and Ian and you are more versed in, you know, the everyday uh, drivers and then the, the high-end cars without brand new paint on them. So, but that's kind of where we started working with foam and, uh, you know, we see all these, these foams come out and um, they start saturating in the center and we really like the foams and then we, in a nutshell, start to uh, cut out the center of this thing in a conical shape to trying to build the DRC 1000 pads and then evolve all these uh, different uh, shapes that we've come into now with a recessed back is where we started. And then uh, Rennie Doyle talked me into um, building a pad that was basically just a flat back pad, not a recessed pad, so it would fit more machines, make it thicker. Uh, then we, since then, we've gone to um, down to the thin series that, uh, that you guys know of today. But... Um, the, the, really, in a nutshell, that's really all it is. We started doing polishing as every day. We do it every day, just like you guys do. And uh, we're but, just, but so that's why I went. So, what was that company? What like is a body shop? Is that it right? Is. It's called West Michigan Auto Body. Yeah, and uh, and that was how long were you open? Like, when did that start? Jeez, seventy-seven. 77. I think I started there in 79. So you started as just a, you just walked in? I, was, I mean, that, what? Well, that's my, it's my family business. It's my brother's shop. Okay. So they, uh, they started, you know, fixing Corvettes was their thing. They bought a wrecked Corvette, uh, fixed it, bought another one, fixed it, and then pretty soon, you know how that all evolves, right? You polish your own car, then who comes knocking? The neighbor. So the neighbor wants their car fixed. And then the next thing you know, here we are in a collision industry learning about all the different uh, things that go on in today's world with collision industry. And we still do it. I mean, I still do that daily. And, so in 77, uh, that was when he fixed his first car that 
or that's when he opened the doors of that's the business. When he, that's when he opened the doors of the business to other okay. people. Yep. And uh, it's really it's it's the cool How did that go? Do you remember? Like, how was that when you were when they was just opening? Well, no, I don't really remember because you know you're, I'm going to school and you got girlfriends and you're trying to girlfriends. That's plural. <laughs> Joe was a player. Yeah, All up, right. Yeah. And, well, you have to teach remember. us your ways, Joe. Teach us your ways. <laughs> yeah, oh, this was the '70s. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now we get to know. Here we go. All right. All right. You have That's to why he doesn't remember. It was the '70s, Marty. <laughs> yeah. You're 17 years old, right? And all uh, and <laughs> okay. So that is funny. So, like, seriously, you don't have to spill all the beans, but, I mean, what was the 70s like? I mean, we hear about it, but, I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> well, you're 17 years old in the 70s. Like, you're wearing bell bottoms, right? Oh, yeah. And Levi's were the big thing. Absolutely. Levi's bell bottoms. Yeah, if, you had, if you had a pair of Levi's, you were with the in crowd. And uh, when you got caught having a beer at 17 years old, the police uh, made you dump it out. They didn't put you in jail. Nice. So, you know, things, but the zero tolerance stuff, and I have kids, so the zero tolerance stuff is a good thing for today. But, you know, back in the day, it didn't, uh, you got your, it was a learning curve. You know, kids don't get to learn like that anymore. Um, cars were cool, man. The 70s cars that you guys know as muscle cars uh, was it. I had a 67 Camaro that um, I, I put a, uh, Oh, not a real heavy horsepower motor in it, but we tubbed the back end out, and I put 1533. Back then were Mickey Thompson 1533s. Um, I used to drag race it, and um, the car came with a power glide transmission, so that's what I drag raced with a high torque converter, high stall speed torque converter. And we ran, you know, 11 flats, 1090s, something like that. It was fun. Those were those were the good days, man. The muscle cars and in. In today's world, the muscle cars are now the Camaros and the Hellcats, and I mean that's the that's the '70s coming back again, '60s and '70s coming back again. You know, these are so. Cool I mean, cars. you grew up in cars, then. I did. Yeah, absolutely. I've Your world's cars. always been something to do with cars. Every every single day, you bet. And you know, at at, at times, you get kind of tired of it. You know, um, you don't want to you don't want to work on cars much anymore. You know, like the plumber doesn't want to come home and fix his, uh, fix his sink. I mean, that's just, uh, the shoe guy doesn't want to fix his shoes, right? I mean, that's just the way, uh, that's just the way it goes. But I still, I still like them. I appreciate all the cars. I appreciate what, uh, how things have evolved from lacquers to enamels to polyurethane paints. You know, um, I appreciate it. I watched all that stuff go on to cars and, and how to spray them. And um, it's, a different, it's a different world. Yeah, so we did a um, GNX Grand National. Oh, shoot, we lost Joe. Yeah, we, we lost him. Hmm. Well, we'll have to call him back. We were having problems with his phone earlier when I was just trying to talk to him. It just kept disconnecting. He might be on. Is it Wi-Fi he needs to be on? Well, he was on his Wi-Fi. Anyway, uh, let's, let's call him back.
Yeah, Joe, I don't know. We lost you. You there, Marty? Yeah, I'm here. Um, but yeah, we were right in the middle of talking, and then I don't know. Sometimes it happens. You know, the app is... Uh, Shoot. Uh, Yes, it's okay. I can uh, link them together later, so it's it's all good. All right. But uh, but anyway, let's uh, thank you. I mean, that's cool. I mean, a trip down memory lane definitely because there's a lot of people that hear about the '70s, and but we don't really know. And that's cool that you were uh, you were definitely into cars at such an early age. Uh, well, it's you know. <clears throat> It's hard, it's hard in the 70s to stay away from cars. And even in the 80s, it's hard to stay away from cars. I mean, it's part of when you're 16 years old, that's all you want is to, is to cruise. You know, you want to be in a, in a cool car and you want to have, um, there's a bunch of muscle cars in town and they have weekend cruises. And, and you know, you're, instead of watching them go by, you want to know what it's like to be driving one. So, uh, you know, you work a long time to go do that stuff. And uh, I had my Camaro for a long time and uh, I had a blast with it. Street racing. You know, all that stuff. It's fun. Never. Cool. Never got. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time. But um, what, what would you say was a, like the coolest car back in the day, 70s and 80s that you had? Oh, no, that's really the only thing. The only car that I really spent time with was my 67 Camaro. I never wanted a different car. I just hmm. I wanted that car since I was 11 years old. And I found one. And we uh, and thankfully, I was uh, in a situation where I could, you know, work. We progressively worked on it year after year, and it changed from a stocker um, up to like a pro street car. Nice. But, you know, we just—I just didn't have the dimes to uh, to put it in it like they do now when you're running, you know, eight second quarter miles, you know, in these, mm -hmm. some of these cars that they have now. But back in the day, to run, you know, in the in the high 11s or mid 11s to low 11s, and it's it's good stuff. That's that's a good street car right there. Awesome. Uh, what do you drive now? I don't drive anything of value now. Isn't that crazy? Mm. I drive my I drive my father-in-law's old 96 Chevy or GMC pickup. I love it. It's immaculate. Cool. I love driving. No. And I only drive I only drive like respect, bad respect. Yeah. Yeah, 5 miles to work and it's my father-in-law's and I want to keep it right and there's no reason to upgrade it this time. It tows my fifth wheel camper. My wife drives a little Toyota Sienna. My daughter drives a little Subaru uh, Legacy. Um, Living the simple yeah, life. Not, yeah, it's not flashy at all on this end. And, uh, yeah. and I, think that, I think that comes from the collision world and just seeing that it becomes transportation from point A to point B. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and sometimes how expensive they are. Geez, you know, we just put a... Uh, few weeks ago we put a headlight in an audi for twenty seven hundred and fifty dollars oh yeah for a headlight <clears throat> and i go you know i'm not sure i want to catch a rock <laughs> you know twenty seven hundred and fifty dollar headlight okay. yeah you know some of no i mean i think some of that too is from being a business owner right you know not I just collisions that. there's a lot of yeah. times when business owners that have to you know build from the the bottom up uh, you know, and you and I have talked about, you know, we feel like we're, you know, I think you even, one of the quotes was, you know, the big dogs leave crumbs that we're just happy to get the crumbs. <laughs> Pick and, up the crumbs between the giant's legs, you bet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And um, yeah. so in that aspect, you've got you to keep everything that you, you make to reinvest. And like you said, I mean, cars can be stupidly expensive. 
And so, you know, as a business owner, I think, and that's some things we tell people, you know, we DM all the time on Instagram with detailers. And it's like one of the, the smartest things you could do is not buy stupid shit. Like, don't just go out and, like, you start making money. Don't go blow it. Like, reinvest it back into your business right. and be smart. You know, don't be right. stupid. Right. Our DRC 1000 um, business is actually growing. Um, uh, Bob Phillips from PNS and I had a conversation at uh, Mobile Tech this year, and uh, he asked me the same question, Joe, how is your, how's your business growing? And I said, you know, the, uh, the degree of incline is not very steep, and we appreciate every customer that comes to our website or calls me on the phone, and uh, we try to treat them as, as good as we can by fast shipping, good quality products, and um, if we can help with any you know, uh, avenues with the troubles or the things that they're starting to see. Um, and that's, I think, is uh, is kind of the model that we've taken. And I think, um, Marty, you have done the same. And I think PNS has done the same as well. You know, they're, they're a very big company now. But in the day, they stayed local and built their business local. And then they expanded from there. And, Ian, I don't know about your business, um, but I, I would assume that, that you're you're kind of the same way. I'm still up and coming. No. I'm uh, I'm like a ninja in the in the shadows. Are you kidding me? You're a big deal, man. Yeah. You're a big, I mean, big, you... big deal. Look in the mirror, man. You're a big deal. Literally, uh, a, big, <laughs> a big a big red deal. Got it. Your your beard's a big deal. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He's, he's done some pretty awesome stuff. I mean, he's worked on the Air Force One, which is an amazing product pro, or project to work on. And I mean, you're, you're definitely connected in, in the industry, so I wouldn't say you're up and you coming. <laughs> Well, thank you. But in a sense, I understand what you're saying. Like, your shop just recently opened. Yeah. You're still trying to get your feet churning. You know, I I get it. Yeah. You know, DJ, when you were starting and as you're growing, I mean, would you take, would you swallow that same pill? Is that a suggestion that you would give to detailers that are wanting to grow a business, you know, when they start making a little money? I mean, what should they do? When you start making a little money, you need to reinvest into your business. Like Absolutely. you just said, don't, don't, don't buy stupid crap. I mean, so, you know, I made a lot of mistakes when I first started and I bought a lot of stupid crap. I mean, I, you know, I'd buy all this crap from different companies and all this stuff I didn't need instead of just buying a core set of products that were affordable and stuck with them and just built my business. But I was always looking for something new to buy and something new to try. And I really wasn't focused on, you know, scaling or growing. Just like, what's the next greatest and best thing to get? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that detail in the trash. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I wasted a just... lot, lot of money in the earlier days. A lot well, of I mean, when I say stupid shit, I mean, like, they go out and buy another car. Or gotcha. they go spend the weekend at the bar and blow $300, <laughs> you know, just for being out partying. Or they had to get some watch. Or they had to buy the new iPhone 10. Or... You know, they had to go get new clothes from the mall. I was like, no, okay, I, I shopped at <laughs> thrift stores. I shopped at a thing, place called NBC that was all just, like, stuff that they took off of shelves and resold. Like, I, I mean, or eBay. I bought a lot of stuff off eBay, too. You could buy, like, groups right. of five pants for 15 bucks. You know, I did stuff like that, so I didn't I don't have to buy some name brand label. <laughs> you didn't buy used underwear, that, did you? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you just got to do what you got to hey, do, man. Hey, whatever, the that out. Yeah. Can I interrupt? Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> hey, DJ, you know, um, in the, in the light of trying to find 
your 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 groove, if you want to call it that, as far as the detailer goes. I mean, I think that it's not unwise to uh, to buy a few products that people have recommended to ch- see if it fits your your uh, your patterns and your skill sets, and see if you can get out the door. Um, anytime you can make make hay when you know uh, in a, on a faster note. Um, if a product helps you get out the door quicker, I don't think it's a waste of money to to try something uh, that's been recommended by other people. And I think that's why it's so important to network um, and and have friends in the industry that you guys can be candidly honest with. Like, you know, this isn't working for me. Somebody's not going to steer you down, you know, Pemrose path going, hey, you know what? Oh, shit. Yeah, what's wrong with this phone? Huh. Okay. That sucks. Sure. This is one of the it's a good podcasts, man. Mm-hmm. We're having a good time. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it again. I can edit it. I mean, I can. Yeah, I, I can piece it all back together. So, all right, we'll call them again. All okay. right. You there? All right, I'm here, Joe. What in the yeah. world? Yeah, it's so okay, sorry. man. Don't worry. Sorry, gentlemen. Hey, I have no idea what's going on. My Wi-Fi is strong. I got everything hipping. Weird. Well, maybe they're maybe restarting the phone. Maybe that that'll solve it. So, no worries. All right, so let's move on. Um, that was that was good stuff, though. I mean, that's that's good practical information for people, uh, especially. As detailers are starting off, I mean, it's one of the things we've talked about is um, how to turn passion, because most of us are passionate about what we're doing, how to turn passion to profit, to be able to actually develop a business out of it, you know, to be able to, like you said, you started in 1977, um, and you've been able to make a career out of something you were passionate about. You know, I started detailing in 2002, and, you know, we're... 16 years into this, and I'm like, wait, I might actually be able to make a life out of it, you know. Uh, it's kind of funny. But um, all right, so before we go too much further than that, we got to talk about this beer. Now, Joe, you grabbed a different beer. You grabbed a local one. What would you get? I did. I, I got, okay, hang on a second. It's called Bean Flicker. Uh, it's from Oddside Hills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. If, if I can't really talk about what it means, but uh, you'd have to call the down to the brewery and tell ask them what beef is. Uh, DJ, is that you? That's loud. Yeah, sorry. No, no worries. So, anyways, I got a blonde ale with coffee. Oh, so, odd, yeah, odd side ales. So it's a, it's a, it's good. I like it. So it's a, a, it's a blonde. We've had blonde. We did a blonde on. On the podcast, uh, well, let me rephrase that. Um, Whoa. We drank, we drank it. <laughs> Let's clarify that. I was, I was not a part of that podcast. And so yours, yours is a blonde ale with bean, like with coffee in it. Yeah, with coffee. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, it does. It sounds great. It's actually good. I really, I like it. I'm not a dark beer guy, but this is actually really good. Yeah. yeah I'm, not cool. a beer, I'm not a big beer drinker, but uh, when you guys said this, I go, I think I'll try that one instead. 
Yeah, so. sounds good. So I was I was talking to Ian the other day about what beer, and I was like, you know what? It's kind of. I mean, we're in February of 2018. It's like we're about to. We did that cold snap, which is kind of like breaks from the cold into the spring. And I was yeah. like, man, there's nothing better than springtime. You know, when it's still a little bit cold, having a good solid Hefeweizen. And this was the first Hefeweizen I'd ever had, um, Franziskaner. Hmm. So, Ian, when you when you drink it, what do you taste? Oh, let me take a sip. Uh, oh man, that's, I, I can't put my thumb on it, but it's, it's very familiar. What else <laughs> <I'm saying>? uh, <laughs> All right. Well, a lot of times okay. when people drink a Hefeweizen, and especially this one, you taste it and that in the in flavor after you, after you've taken it is either bubble gum or banana. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Bubble gum or banana? Yeah, that's just I'm saying that's what most people when they they yeah. drink it have the wise. The aftertaste. After after yeah. Yeah. I so. Mm, I don't know about that. Huh. No, you don't get it. What flavors do you have? I don't. I don't know, man. Because I'm trying to. I just. I can't think of nothing right now. <laughs> Taste it. 13% mm -hmm. alcohol, and you might have had three of them already. No, it's, <laughs> no, it's not. It's been so damn long since I had a Hefeweizen, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, I like it. This is literally, this is one of my favorites. Um, Franz and Scunner, I don't know anything about. Uh, and DJ, you're driving, so you can't go Google for us. Yeah, it's true. my spot. I can't read the bottle either. Franz and Scala. It's made by Spot. I don't, I don't dare touch my phone because it'll hang up on you guys. Yeah. Imported by Spot. Import Brands. It's out of St. Louis. It's it's a Spaten beer. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, it does yeah, says true. that. Brewed and bottled by Spaten. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. So when we have the Oktoberfest, Spaten yeah. or Spaten or whatever Spaten. it is, Spaten, they're a big. Uh, they sell a lot of uh, German beers at Oktoberfest. Yeah, their uh, their Optimators are really good. It's a dark beer. Yeah, it's so good. I brewed a clone of Optimator a couple yeah. years ago. That sounds good. Yeah, but Optimator is a great beer. That might be one we have to do sometime. Hell yeah. Yeah, Optimator is a great beer. Along with the German beer. I mean, come on. I mean, Optimator is that a uh, is that a beer that's uh, is that a brand? No, it's, uh, a, no. it's a beer by Spotten, the same gotcha. yeah. beer we're drinking now. Yeah. Hey, Joe, you sound a little far off. I do. Yeah. I'm in Michigan. I'm in Michigan. That is far off. <laughs> I mean, I, true. I haven't. No, I haven't changed. Just have, I haven't. Microphone for some reason. That or you're underwater. Is that better? <laughs> no. Is that better? No. No better. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's been, a, it's been a nightmare for us, hasn't it? Yeah, it's all good. It's yeah, we all can good. still hear it. It's like, all good. Yeah, I'm we talking. can still hear you, so, well, so we're good. good. I'm talking right into it. All right, so um, let's let's talk about struggles for a little bit. Um, before we go into more of like your pads and what they are, you know, specifically are you talked to them about that uh, uh, for a little bit, but before we go into that, 
what let's talk about some struggles that maybe you have faced you know inside the body shop world or inside getting your pads moving you know just uh, in general in business what struggles do you face well you know what that's a that's a pretty good question but you know the list is uh is way longer than we have time for the uh the body shop struggles um <laughs> you know the first thing that comes to mind is the painter runs the heck out of it um we call we call him the marathon man as the long distance runner because <laughs> sometimes the curtains are really long and really big um so removing removing that kind of stuff are the, some of the struggles that you uh that you face when you're looking at new paints um you have to devise ways to come up with getting rid of uh you know the runs and the clear coats it's not easy uh, but what about from like just a business like operating a business yeah the body shop stuff operating businesses uh we don't want to talk about that too much Operating a, a, a collision industry is uh, insurance regulated. Um, those struggles are, are that, that's a long page to talk about. Um, keeping up with technology is probably the, the hands-on interesting part of it, where uh, in a nutshell, welding has changed. Uh, we got $25,000 uh, worth of uh, squeeze type resistance welding machine. Uh, it's a pro spot machine, it's extremely incredible piece of equipment uh, we now have a um, silicon bronze welding system aluminum welding system um, we have a one two three four uh, air conditioning unit that's about 20 grand i mean it's a the struggles is keeping up with all the equipment and um and the techniques to repair you know the the energy absorption in, in vehicles nowadays um, that's really Ooh. the biggest challenges that we find the electronics part of it, you know, these cars that are going to drive themselves is up and coming. It'll be after I'm done, but it is coming, and we are seeing a lot of the autonomous stuff coming in with all the camera work, um, self-parking cars, and all that kind of stuff is uh, is a nightmare for all of us because it's uh, it's a calibration nightmare, actually. You need a mouse. So I haven't even thought of that. I mean, <laughs> is that self-driving cars should reduce the amount of wrecks, correct? Yeah, yeah hypothetically, you know. Um, I don't know. It's all to be seen. You know, it should. Um, the detection systems that they have in the cars nowadays, uh, as far as uh, smart crews, yeah, you guys are familiar. That's probably the, the mo one of the, the, the oldest advancements that I think are cool options that you can pull up behind Marty Ian and uh, he's cruising at you know, a cool 55 miles an hour on a 70 mile an hour zone. And, and you're like, man, I, just, I don't think I can go that slow but you put your smart cruise on and it stays a certain distance away from him and if if he breaks your car slows down you know it's a it's nice. pretty cool features that they put in cars nowadays um but the nightmare comes in when you start to calibrate those things after a collision and uh you know that's stuff that you just can't do at house you have to have, bring somebody in to do it um sometimes it's just not cost effective to have all that equipment all that computer equipment for every different model of car um, yeah always, makes sense Right, OEMs don't release that stuff just to snap on tools. You know, that's uh, they can't make money then. So um, the struggles there. Definitely. Are, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. The, the, the collision world with the welding processes and now uh, all the rivets that they're using and um, hydroform panels that they're using and ultra high strength steels and uh, boron steels and all these different things that uh, you know it's too technical to get into. But 
Um, it keeps us all safe. That's that's what the deal is. It's, you got to be safe in your cars. Um, the newer you get, the safer they are. Um, sometimes it's overkill, we say, but all in all, um, that's that's the end result is to make it convenient and safe to drive. But like you said, I mean, the struggle would be keeping up with the technology. So Ian, like when you started just recently, and then DJ also, like when you started years ago, what struggle, and you could even play off the same, like learning the technology, or what was it as a detailer that might have been a struggle for you starting off? Who wants to go first? <clears throat> I'll go first. Um, so, I mean, one of my struggles when I first got mobile was just, it was the same thing, all the tech, not technology, but the, the equipment you needed, the actual products that would work for certain things, because I ran into more things on my own out in the field on different cars than I did when I was just doing washing bags at the car wash. So I had to learn and, and, and call people. And honestly, when I first started, I didn't know anyone in the industry like I do now. So I, there was no one to really call. I had to resort to YouTube or get on Google or, you know, call maybe you, Marty, because uh, you had experience with that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, you really didn't help out much because you, you know, yeah, not really a detailer. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's just a salesman, <laughs> but... Anyways, <laughs> that's just a joke. Okay, yeah, you got to clarify that because <laughs> that's a joke. That's that a, comes that's from that's, that comes that's from an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, that's an inside joke from some local guy that is he just was mad because he got fired from a dealership that we serviced because when we went in, we really tried to raise the game, and he was smoking in cars and like he was just like it just is what it is and. He got fired because it, and so he was mad. He was like, well, he's just a salesman, you know, so. Yeah, yeah so. You got to clarify that story. I'm sorry. I forget that we're talking to the, the yeah. general public here. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, that was definitely a struggle is trying to figure out how to, you know, what machine I need for this or how do I polish a car? What kind of wax do I use? And what's the difference of each? Because when I first started mobile, I really didn't have the knowledge that I do now. So that was definitely a struggle. And also the biggest thing with me is actually communicating to clients. I didn't know my prices. I didn't know what was good, what was fair. You know, I didn't want to pay 180 bucks. So why would I charge someone else? So I'd be like, oh, you know, just 50 bucks is fine. And, you know, I worked on the car for four hours. And I'm thinking, you know, yeah. 10, 10 bucks an hour, I'm good, right? But I wasn't really scaling a business at that point. This was way early on. Um, but that, those are two, two of my biggest struggles when I really first started. Leon, what about you? Uh, I think for me, being as new as I am, it's, uh, customer or client acquisition and uh, implementing the correct processes for uh, to match to maximize efficiency in my operation. So I would think customer acquisition is be a big one, especially when somebody's just starting. Yeah. You know, how do you get customers? Is is a big question to ask. You know. Yeah. We can't just open up a shop and expect to have a bunch of people show up. Exactly. So I would definitely think that would be a tough thing. What's what's some ways that you're solving that issue? Uh, luck, actually, I've have I've been having pretty good luck with Google. Uh, people are saying they're finding me on Google, and I have trouble finding myself sometimes. So it's kind of weird, but uh, being active on social media too has helped. Uh, of course, and then of course the good old fashioned word of mouth. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's why I think best. social is basically the new form of word of mouth, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely, yeah. No. 
All right, so, Joe, let's go into your pad. So you, you were in the body shop. You saw a problem that the way pads were made and when people were buffing on cars, like let's just say we're putting compound on a pad and we're buffing paint, the, the compound based on the way other companies' pads were made, the compound generally moved to the center. And I think we can all, DJ, Ian, and anybody listening, we've all seen that. And a lot of times it gets really thick in the middle and almost a little, uh, you know, clumped. And then sometimes the, the pad itself starts warping because there's so much product in the middle of the pad. So tell us about your pads and why they're different. Well, you know, and, and I'm just going to uh, expand on what you said in that um... – we're still, we're still the only ones that have the conical centers uh, cut out because we still have a patent on it. Um, our patent's still live, and it okay. um, centrifugal force keeps the compounds out onto that. What we call is the two-thirds of the working surface of the pad, where the center third um, doesn't do anything. Uh, it, it, it stays. It, it doesn't spin fast enough to generate any heat. Uh, so really, it, to us, was a was a problem. It was a problematic area that um, when cut out, and all of a sudden, you know, you guys have uh, have seen our video under glass. Um, I think Marty, you kind of watched it, and so did uh, so did DJ. You guys seen it at the MTE, right? Yeah, yeah, a mobile tech. Well, but explain it to everybody else. So you've got a video, and and if somebody wants to go watch that video, where would they go? Sure. Sure, they'd go to our website at uh, drc1000.com, and uh, right on the homepage, you would end up clicking on... Uh, hey, DJ, you're really loud. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah, quiet thanks. down, sorry. So, today we're place full video, and what it does is we take a rotary machine, we put some compound on some glass with a video camera on the underside showing what happens on the bottom side of a, of a polisher that we can't visually... Uh, take on from the top side so under glass it shows the compounds being dispersed to the outer edge of the conical center and then it gets dispersed out on, onto the uh, outer two-thirds of the pad to be utilized and uh, and used efficiently and uh, and theoretically and I believe it's uh, been tested as well that it will save you um, compounds you know it saves uh, the high dollar liquids um, you don't have to use as much um, the uh, the the process comes clearer to you. There's not there's less smearing because the middle's full of compounds, and uh, you don't have, you can actually see what the panel looks like. Um, so that that was the problem that we had seen. And if you don't mind, um, Marty, I'm not sure where you want to go with this next, but the the construction of our pad took quite some time to perfect. You know, just to yeah, go for it. Yeah, just to um, to find foams, you know that that work. I mean, we've we tested. I don't even know how many foams. I mean, I I have I still have those samples. Damn it! <laughs> God, we are having great luck. Great luck, great luck. We lost Joe again. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, we'll go again. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Porter? Yes, sir. Mr. Patterson? Yo. Well, hopefully we can get uh, we can get uh, Joe back on. He was just getting into his pads. 
and it was going really well. So hopefully soon. Um, so you guys have each used Joe's pads. Oh, there we go. Joe's back. Crazy. Crazy. No worries, man. We'll keep rolling. I can patch it all I, together uh, later. I have no idea where I left off because I was still talking when I heard text messages coming through. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it just cuts you. Your phone cuts you off right in the middle of uh, in talking about uh, the different phones. And so when when somebody that's a detailer, you know, they might not understand what it takes to make a pad. So, right, don't you buy like a giant roll of of, of the phone? <laughs> yes, in a nutshell. Yeah, it's kind of funny because they it, it, when you buy foam, it looks like a, a loaf of bread. They come into what they call buns. So you have to buy these, uh, these buns of foam, and then you have to uh, cut them horizontally or vertically in the thicknesses that you want. And then you have to laminate the back with the Velcro, and then you either shape it prior to or, or, af or uh, after. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a process, actually, to, to try to build these things. But, and so you, you know, do all that out of your body shop, or how do you do that? No. No, as a matter of fact, it's, uh, I didn't think, I thought you knew that, but we have it sublet out to a, a pad manufacturer um, that we found that uh, has been building some similar products uh, for a long time, and they, uh, they ended up taking our product on and going, hey, you know what, I think we could do a good job with you, and they've done a fantastic job with us. So mm -hmm. to buy that equipment to do it to start out in a business is something that I wasn't really looking to do. Um, futuristically, sure. I think we will probably buy our, our equipment to do that. But for now, um, in the small as a company that we are, um, that, that angle that we talked about, the growth spurt, is, uh, is, is progressively getting better. And uh, we are uh, expanding now kind of like with you, Marty. Uh, we're doing some things with you. We're doing some things in Germany and uh, possibly um, Austria and Poland and um, – Unfortunately, the, the European market for me is growing faster than the American. And I think it's because I have an active guy in Germany. He's very aggressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know you were global. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He does a nice job in, in Germany. He's, a, he's, a, he, he, he's very detail-oriented detailer, and he knows a lot of people. And um, he's doing a really good job with, a, with our European site. And uh, he's growing the brand there really well. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah so kind of the, 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 the way we found you was through Mr. Porter. And Ian was working at a dealership that we have an account at. And I just noticed he was starting, he was using a, a different pad. And um, after yeah, about four, yeah, after about four months, Ian finally talked to me. He wouldn't really say much at first. And then uh, finally, uh, he he blossomed like a flower, and uh, you know, he, I was like, "So tell me about this pad, Ian." And he was like, "Oh man, you don't know about DRC one thousand." I was like, uh, "Well, no, evidently I don't, or else I wouldn't have asked you." Yeah. And uh, so Ian Ian got me going with your pads, and, and we've we've loved it. I mean, and, and you're you're exactly right. The the it keeps the product out on the outside, you know, so if we're compounding or polishing, it keeps the product pushed to the outside of the pad where the majority of the cutting or polishing is done. And we don't have all that caked up middle. 
Right. So it's, he, it's he and, simple. yeah, it just, it's, it's like, oh, duh, like, wow. <laughs> you know, it's like, why didn't some, you know, you're the guy that thought of it. You know, when you sometimes go, well, how come somebody didn't think of that before? Like, well, you're the guy. Like, you're the guy that thought of it. So Ian used, when I met him, he was using the 3401 from Flex, but you put the smaller backing plate on, right? Yeah. And yeah. you were using the big. So, Joe, you've got the, the bigger pads that are thicker. And so yeah. I love your big, thick pads if somebody's going to use the Flex 341 because it really cuts down on the vibration of being a direct drive machine. Is that why you put it on in, or what, what was your reasoning? Uh, well, I mean, <clears throat> I like the, uh, the smaller backing plate because I think it just gives the pad itself a little more flexibility. But I love the pads in general because I think there's no better pad that hugs a, a corner or a sharp edge the way the DRCs do. I mean, the control is just so much better. They're just a very comfortable pad to use. Yeah, and yeah. And, they're, and they're soft. Even the, yeah. the compounding pads are, you know, they're, they're, they're aggressive, but they're not overly aggressive. Right, and they hold up really well. Thanks, guys. I mean, it's, thank you. That's a nice compliment, Ian. I appreciate that. They, uh, you know, it's... Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's a long road to to build those things, but you know I think we got it right. I, and people ask if we're going to change anything on, um, and I go, I'm not. We're not going to change anything. Um, everything seems to to be fitting into, and it. And this is our statement, you know. Thanks for having us in your toolbox. Um, that's because I know that you need more than just DRC in your toolbox. There's other tools out there that get you in and out um, and off the job quicker. And I. I do know that, and it's that I'd be a, a, an idiot to believe that, you know, hey, we're the only ones you need because um, you can get out the door with ours, I think, only. But with your techniques or whoever else's techniques, uh, you may need something else, you know, um, to, to get the job done. So let's go basic. Let's go, let's go. Somebody's just tuning into the podcast, and they're like, well, why is there, you know, they're, they're, they're new, they're beginners. Maybe they've only been going a couple months. Um, why does somebody need, you've got different colors of pads. So talk about what makes a pad different, one pad different from the other. All right. Because we're in the uh, RO machines, the random orbital machines and the forest orbital world, uh, let's, let's talk about those machines to start with because everything's different when it gets to rotary. So on the uh, forest orbital machine to start with, the 3401 or the, you know, uh, Makita has theirs out there, and now Rupes has their force orbital. But, you know, um, the flex machine is what we use. Um, I have not really seen any reason uh, for me to transfer over to the other two. However, they're probably great machines. Um, but the always start in the least aggressive manner that you can. That's what I, I believe. And if it was me just starting out with a 3401 or a random orbital, say a uh, you know, the PFE, which has got an eight millimeter throw or the Rupes 15, which got a 15 millimeter throw. I would start with a green pad. I would start with a green pad and some sort of a, of a cutting compound, um, whether it's a cut max with Sonax or whether it's a, uh, I'm not real familiar with any, any of the other brands. There's a, there's a mother's brand. That's pretty decent. Um, you got to use a little bit of product cause it's, uh, you know, and plus it dries up pretty quick. Uh, but Menzerna, 
runs a pretty good product. Is it 400? Do you guys familiar with Minzerna at all? A little yeah, bit. I used to use it a lot back in the day, but just the dusting and the having to tape yeah. off and all that, yeah. 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 So, so I mean, let's just say compound. Like, if somebody's going to compound yeah, a so car, just compounding. So, right. but but before we go into right. that, like like very basic, uh, you've got a yellow pad that's coarser, a orange pad, a green pad, and a black pad. What's the difference in those pads, and why does somebody need one pad over the other? So the the yellow pad, um, a lot of descriptions that you read about foam is. Uh, uh, I like to go with uh, layman's terms. So I, I look at it like if you were holding the pad and your thumb was on top and you just squeezed it, I call it the, the tension of the, the foam tension strength, okay? So how easily it compresses. Our yellow foam is about a 60 PPI, if you will. That's a re uh, reticulated foam. And it, is, it, is, it can be extremely aggressive on a rotary but on a DA, it's not that aggressive, but it works so good. Um, if you were looking to take care of, uh, you know, heavy scratches, it's a, it's a nice, it's the most aggressive foam that we want to, that we want to carry. We originally put that in an eight. Mother way. God damn it. Not this up. <laughs> oh man, that's horrible. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like it was interesting. Like when I called him earlier, his phone kept hanging up on me. Uh, oh. just just over voice conversation. So hmm. I wonder if he's having an issue. Maybe he's holding it to his ear and it's like touching it. I don't know. Let's finish what I just asked and then we'll call him back so he can just save where people can find him and we'll we'll finish it off. So I think where he was going is I loved where he was talking about when you're pressing on it. And a lot of times if somebody that's beginning, if they're trying to figure out what pad to use, um, if you're going to compound a car, AKA remove scratches, you're going to want to start with a compound, whether whoever it is, what brand you choose. And then if you're trying to pick the pad, a lot of times the way to pick your pad is when you squeeze on it is the stiffness or the firmness. What I love about his yellow pad, because at first, so with our Max the Jeweler, he had sent us some of these smaller thin pads because the pad that you used, Ian, is thicker. Um, yeah. If you're going to use that 3401, I like that big, thick pad like you were using because it takes a lot of that vibration I out. I believe this. Hey, you hop back in. Cool. Yeah. So nice. Well, we were just talking. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. I'm glad you were able to hop back in. Um, we were just talking. We were kind of following what you were saying. And so Ian used that big thick pad for the 3401 on the Maxa Jeweler or like you talked about the XFE or the, uh, or the uh, uh, Rupes. You came out with that thinner pad. And at first you only had the orange, the green, and the black. And then I remember specifically the car I was working on, and because I had, I had asked you, I was like, man, is there anything stronger than the orange? And you sent me a sample, an early, early sample of that yellow. And I don't know if you remember, I sent you some photos of using it. And 
and I put wow. the Cut Max on with Max the jeweler and your and your yellow pad, and that scratch came out within seconds. Like it, it just pulled it right out. But with that combination, Max the yellow pad and then Sonax Cut Max, like I didn't have any heavy marring, which a lot of times other pads leave a real, real heavy marring. Yeah. You know, and I think we went to that thin pad. A lot has to do with uh, that that uh, messages that you had sent me. I remember this conversation vividly that when we sent it to you and you getting back to me telling me about those. And uh, I think that kind of turned our heads going, you know, we need to do this and uh, and get rid of the, the natural color in this series and put yellow and orange together. Yeah. It's just yeah, a great combination. Was, and the yeah. thinner pad, like if somebody's going to use a – a Rupes or Flex SFE, XFE, or Maxa Jeweler, or what is there's uh, uh, there's multiple ones that are coming out. Like the market is growing with polishers. There's plenty, which is perfect because there was really only two or three. Now you've got like 10, which is great options. Yeah. Yeah. But if somebody's going to use a free spinning head, you need that thinner pad so that it spins better. But with what Ian does with the uh, the 3401, he uses that bigger, thicker pad. So anyway, keep going with the um, – you've got the, the, the yellow. What differentiates the yellow from the orange? Uh, it's just going to be a more aggressive cut. Uh, and it won't finish down as good as the orange will. Um, so you can take out major, uh, some major defects with the yellow versus that orange. But that orange finishes so well that it's really, it's really tough to, to get away from that too. So to have those two in your toolbox is, uh, is, is pretty nice. And Ian, I think you've probably used the orange in, in a lot of uh, instances, haven't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's now I was talking about surface tension and that orange has a really high surface tension. Uh, takes a little bit to compress it, but once it heats up, I think Ian will contest to this and maybe even uh, DJ and Marty. Yeah, DJ once uses your pads up, too, definitely. Yeah. Once it heats up, it does soften up. Now, oh, yeah. With, yeah, with that said, I think there's times where if you're doing a lot of work with one, you may even have to let that one rest and grab another one because uh, we've seen, maybe not in the thin series, but in the thick series, the pro series, I've seen them where people have used them on the Rupes 21. And they explode. Yeah, they get so hot, and yeah, that's just—they're uh, just, yeah, they're just not—they're just not made for that. There's too much foam to be working with. The thin ones shouldn't do that, but, um, but that surface tension and that that orange cuts really well with Cutmax, and it does finish down good. And uh, our green foam is a extremely versatile foam. If you have to start somewhere, I'd start with green, and um, and just try to work your man the compounds that you have on the shelf and try to figure out. Yeah, but typically your green is supposed to be like a polish pad, right? It is. Yes. Yep. Typically, but DJ, so, DJ, tell us, yeah. tell us the other night you had an Audi and you went with Cutmax, Max, the jeweler, and you went with the DRC green polish pad as your cutting pad. Correct. Why would somebody use a polish pad when they're trying to cut? Well, because you know, on that vehicle, particular vehicle, I didn't want a lot of marring because it was pretty soft paint, but I needed a heavy cut. But the client was also only paying for a certain amount of correction. It was really an enhancement. So I wanted to get a good cut with a great finish without all the extra work in the back end. So 
I chose the green pad, which I go to almost every time if I'm testing out anything. I might use the green pad and cut max just to test that, or a green pad and EX or a green pad and cut X. Anyways, I use that because the green pad didn't mar a lot at all, but also offered a little bit of cut. And with the cut max, that combination was perfect. I mean, we went over it with the black pad afterwards and used some Optimus, and it was the car turned out, I mean, flawless. So that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. It really, that combination was perfect. It was, um, yeah, it was a nice finish in that black Audi. So describe, That's... you know, DJ and Ian, describe what, why you would want to choose. I mean, just even the process, like, how do you find out if the clear coat's soft? And then how do you figure out which pad to use? Ian? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll answer, but. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, so I think over years you build, of course, uh, uh, an understanding of what paint's going to do what, but I think. You know, on the soft paint, you're going to know because, the. I mean, you could just touch it with a microfiber. You can start marring it. Any type of wiping can mar it. But as far as pad selection or, or product selection, I always do a test spot before I start trying to make my way around a vehicle. I pick, you know, a product and pad, and I play with it a little bit, work a little two-by-two two area, and I see how it does. And if, you know, on soft paint, I'm going to know if it's not working properly because I'm going to get a lot of induced marring that's not finishing out. Uh, and if that's the case, then I'm going to keep playing with it a little bit and try another softer pad or a less aggressive product or, you know, what have you. And so that's where we, we call a pad product combination. Exactly. It's trying to find the right product, right. AKA which compound, which polish to use with which pad and uh, a harder clear coat, you would more go for that yellow or orange pad versus the green pad right. because it just right. because using the compound and a soft pad with a hard clear coat just isn't going to cut that clear coat. Right. No. Versus versus if it's a real soft clear coat that is easily. Um, easily changeable, I guess, so to speak. It's easily cuttable. It's easily molded. Um, you don't want to use a very coarse pad because we use the term, what we said is marring. Define marring as um, a lot of light, light, light scratches that come from the pad. Also, maybe a haze in the clear coat. That's yeah, not like fully micro scratches. Micro scratches, exactly. Yeah. So, DJ, how are you going to answer the question? Oh crap! What was the question? Yeah, again? I got him. I got him. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was, <laughs> I was enjoying the, my pint of rum. I got back to the office earlier, so I've been uh, sipping on some, on some rum since there's no, uh, there's no beer here, Marty. <laughs> there is beer there. Check the fridge, and there's still yeah. cold snap in there. there. There's no beer that. Okay, <laughs> there's none of my beer here now. Back in the day, I would just go grab one of your beer all the, all the time, all day, every day, but. I don't think you like that very much. So, uh, well, considering I was the only one that filled the beer fridge, and yet it kept being empty, hey, I man, found it very amusing. I'm a thirsty guy. So let's rephrase the question again, and then I'll answer it quickly. <laughs> too late. Too late. All right. But um, it was basically, you know, why, you know, why do you pick a pad product combination when you're trying to, you know, go through the process? Oh, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> That's some good rum. Yeah. That's some good rum. <laughs> Super good. He, he did not, say he was having a pint of rum. He literally is having a pint of rum. But I did hear you a little good bit. Stuff. <laughs> he said, I mean, you just, I mean, you, you got to, I'm not sure how you asked the question, but you got to pick a test spot. I mean, you got to play around with a few things. Like, like Joe said, you got to throw the least aggressive method first. So you might use a, a light polishing pad, a light polish to see what happens. And you might bump it up to a compound or a compound with that same pad. And if that's not doing the trick, then step to a, a medium grade, you know, pad and then use a polish. And then if that doesn't work, then use the compound. So uh -oh. you just kind of got to build up from the bottom and, um, and then find that go. sweet spot. So that's, that's definitely how we do things. We do a, a test spot on the worst spot possible on the vehicle. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I think you said that too, Ian. You do it on the worst spot possible. That way you know what you're going to do. And then you just duplicate that around the entire vehicle. Now, yeah. some guys, I see some guys. And it's 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 I cringe, but they they just throw on some compound, throw a pad yeah. on, and just go on the whole vehicle, and they wipe it off. Like, oh crap, none of this came off. Well, you just wasted three hours, and all you had to do was spend thirty minutes, if thirty, if that, to uh, yeah. test your yeah. So, well, so I was about to be the devil's advocate, and I was going to ask, well, man, why wouldn't you just grab a compound and a compounding pad? Why would you start with such a soft pad and a pot like? Wouldn't you be just spending too much time testing out stuff? Like, why wouldn't you just grab your go-to and just go hit the vehicle? Yeah, because uh, I'm sure you don't agree, but some paint, you might think that it might require, like, it might look horrible. And yeah. might, you might think it would require, like, a heavy compound, a heavy cutting polish or whatever, or a cutting pad, uh, and you, you go after it. I mean, you're, you're going to start marring it horribly. So you, you never know. I mean, every paint technology, every car is different. Yeah. So yeah. you really got to always start with you know least aggressive because we Marty me and you we've used a we've done a a polishing pad and like a polish on some horrible things before and no actually we were using rotary we were using compounding pads it was I forget what car it was and we just picked up a polishing pad and a polish and it came right off it was bizarre yeah no I know that's what I was saying I was playing devil's advocate I was no, trying to help people understand why they should. Why did you do that? Well, you know, I was trying. BJ, All right, hey. Like you, uh, yeah, made it go, back. Go, go, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, Joe's nope. back. I'm, I made it back, back again. Crazy stuff. Um, DJ, I think uh, uh, what you were talking about, as far as the the least aggressive, uh, and 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 saying that, I think you guys that are that are polishing. It, you start to look at the finish when it comes in and you go, man, this thing's got uh, car wash scratches like crazy, or this thing is dull and it's going to need, you know, three stages, you know? Um, so you can tell kind of just by the, by looking at it, if it's chalky, you know, if it's a single stage, if it's clear coat, if it's, you know, what kind of baby, what kind of beast you're running into. And then you start to figure out that, you know what, I need to go yellow with cut max to start. And, uh, and make sure that, it, you know, we can get this thing back right away. Um, and heck, I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to saying that, you know, there's a, there's a wool pad on a 3401 that you got to hit that thing with and, and then go to DRCs after that. You know, there's, there's ways to, to, to skin every, every cat. And, uh, and that's, you got to use all your tools to get out the door in a hurry. Um, I'm a rotary guy from a long time ago, man. That's still... That's still our go-to uh, machine uh, first step every every day. We use rotaries every day, and we use wool every day. So, as DRC uh, do does not plan on coming out with wool. 
Uh, DRC, we have a we had an interesting conversation at Mobile Tech Expo this year with uh, with a gentleman that is um, very well known in the industry that had been trying to coax me into a Woolpad, which he cannot seem to have another company do it for him. So I'm uh, I've been perusing a couple of uh, a Woolpad options. So no, I I won't say no. Uh, we'll see we'll see where it goes from here, but it's a it's a little ways away. We got some uh, Pro Thin XLs that are coming out before anything else will. That'll be the next thing down the line to fit the, you know, the bigger throw machines with a six inch. The XFE that has a six inch backing plate. Uh, the twenty one, the uh, Rupes twenty one has a six inch backing plate. But right now, Maxi Jeweler fits really well on this uh, little Pro Series Thin. You know, that's a, a pretty nice ticket. That machine works pretty good. I think that those guys that won machines at Mobile Tech Expo are going to be... Lose them again? Pleasant. No, I still got you, don't I? Oh, yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah, I got you, I think. <clears throat> those guys at Mobile Tech Expo that won machines are going to be um, pleasantly surprised at how that machine works. They, um, I, think it'll be, I think it'll do a decent job for them. Yeah, we did give away some machines. That was fun. Um... And we gave away some pads. We're actually um, giving away one of the things that we're going to do tonight is I wanted to DJ mention briefly, and and our podcast is really, I mean, it's really not a product pushing. We it's more just education. But having yeah, sure. you on and uh, and DJ and I's one of our favorite pads like of all time is the DRC Black Pad. Yep. And we love it so much with Optimus, which is our primer polish. And oh, yeah. The, the combination is just, uh, I mean, stupid. Like, it just, what I love about the Black Hat is, is the, to me, it's the softest foam that I've ever felt. And you can, like, we talked about squeezing earlier. I mean, you, you just barely even push on that black foam, and it's just, it's it's almost magical what it does, uh, and sometimes if it's you know we use the, the the thin series which you talked about, but sometimes if it's even super soft for the thin series, I have a couple of the bigger thicker. And what do you call that series? That's the thicker foam. The the pro series. Yep, the pro oh, the series. Thicker... The other one is just the yeah the inch and a half of foam is a pro series pad. It's the exact same as the thin, same dimensions and everything as the thin, but just a thicker pad. Oh, okay, so what do you call the thin? Pro, pro Series pro Thin? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, okay. So we will sometimes then even grab that Pro Series, the thicker one, and put Optimus on. And it, the way it finishes down paint, oh, man, that's amazing. Oh, that's good. So, I'll have to try that combo. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super, <laughs> it's super great. So we were actually going to do uh, a little giveaway um, on some DRC black pads and our Optimus primer polish. So if anybody's listening to this, go DM us on Instagram at Total Auto Solutions, and we're going to give you a DRC black pad and the Optimus primer polish so that you can test the results too. Uh, the first ten people that do that, we will uh, we will give it to you. Just send us your name, address, uh, all your info, phone, email, and say I want some DRC black foam. 
So give me the awesome, D, man. <laughs> give me the D. That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. <clears throat> I like it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know so. Our, our little catchphrase is uh, get to the finish. You know, we, has, we hashtag get to the finish. That's kind of our, uh, our little hashtag deal. Now, you have to spell it with uh, get to, like G-E-T-O, not G-E-T-T-O, because that's like uh, ghetto the finish. <laughs> nice. so, so we just put it as get to, just a G-O. You get it, like G-E-T-O. That's, uh, so that's it, man. It's uh, get to the finish. That's what that's what our catchphrase is. I love it. Um, that's awesome. That's what we're all doing. That's what we're all doing, right? Yeah, gotta get definitely. to the finish. So we've we've had a little bit of technical difficulties, but I think uh, I know I know DJ had said even earlier, you know, this has been one of the most the best podcasts because it's so full of con you know information context uh, and just pouring in to try and help some detailers out. So thank you so much uh, uh, for your time. Uh, before we depart, before we depart, uh, we've got to rate this beer. Now, I know DJ is sipping on something other than beer on a beer a podcast. <laughs> no, I, I cracked over one of your cold snaps, Marty. I, I broke into your beer fridge here at the office. So. Okay, good, good. I did. Uh, but Ian has some of the Franz and Sconner Hefeweizen. Ian, how do you rate the beer? Uh, I think I'm going to stay with the 3.5. Wow. That's out of 10? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh. Out, of five. out of 5. Out of 5. All right. Yeah, yeah. So why okay. did you give it a 3.5? Uh, it's all right. Again, it's been a while since I've had a Hefeweizen, so it's hard for me really to compare it to other ones. Uh, but I am a fan of spotting beers, but... Yeah, I don't know. I remember like <laughs> the Sam Adams have provided. I, I think I like it better, but like I said, it's been a while since I've had a have provided. So mm-hmm. that's me. Uh, hey DJ, if you're Mr. Google, do you want to in the last two minutes research what a have is? I if I can spell the damn thing. I'll yeah, do it. I what think have <laughs> It, it's DJ's too like, drunk. Yeah, it's true. Hefeweizen. <laughs> it only improved DJ. I got it. I wouldn't be able to spell it either. A wheat beer, usually top fermented, which is brewed with a large proportion of wheat relative to the amount of malted barley. So it's a wheat... It's a wheat beer. Yeah, it's a wheat beer. But it's the, like it it's, it's the German style, though. So, I mean, there's difference. There's 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 a difference in the American. You can go get an American Hefeweizen, and it tastes different than a German Hefeweizen. Yeah. Hmm. So um, it says that two main varieties are Weissbier and Wheat Beer beer or something. Colin, let's, is, let's phone Dave. we got to phone Dave. Which is German right for white beer. <clears throat> Hmm. White beer. That's like is is it a light beer? Is that what that is? It's it's kind of light, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 lightish, but I mean it's not it's not like a a Pilsner. You know, it's definitely not a Michelob Ultra. You know, it's it's not that light. Yeah. But so, uh, hmm. it would. I mean, Hefeweizens. I would say they're just a little bit richer in flavor than. You know, a a wheat beer such as a um, Blue Moon. Yeah. 
And it says the German tradition is basically 50-50 wheat to barley malt. And then the Belgian tradition is using flavorings such as coriander and orange peel. Belgian white beers are often made with raw, unmalted wheat as opposed to the malted wheat used in other varieties. So when they're talking Belgian and that style, that would be like a Blue Moon style. A Blue Moon would be the American version. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So we always just, I mean, it's nice to geek out on the beers. I know David, uh, he says Wednesday nights he can never come onto the podcast because normally that's when he's brewing his own beer. So he brews a lot of beer. We have uh, Joe, we have a guy that comes on that uh, we call him the beer nerd because he can, he could have literally told us all that and like wrote down what, what they use and all that stuff. So he's really fun to have on. Yeah. He's super smart. Uh, Not like us. We use uncle Google. Uh, But uh, (laughs) anyway, so what, what do you rate your beer that you have? Oh, I really, I like it. It's a, I give it a, a five. Yeah, it's good. Oh wow, nice. We haven't <clears> had yeah, a five is, on the show. I don't think ever. This is yeah. one of my favorites, man. This is, uh, I'm like I said, I'm not a huge beer drinker, but this is one of my favorites. This is a light pale ale with coffee, and uh, it's got a nice finish. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's really, it's really tasty. Um, well, I love the idea of, of of mixing an ale with coffee like that. Yeah, that's usually coffees are going to be stouts or, or you know something that's darker. So it's interesting yeah, that they a, took a a play on really a, good. a different. Yeah, nice. I'm going to give it a, a four point five. I'm not going to give it a, a five. Um, Franz has got like I mean, but a lot of that's just history. I mean, it's literally my favorite Hefeweizen. Uh, I could drink it at any point in time throughout the year. I just love. I mean, it's smooth. You get no. There's no bittery. You know, a lot of times people with beer they don't like the bitter. Well, there's absolutely zero bitter. It's a smooth beer, but it's full flavored in a sense that you know you. I don't know. You got a lot of flavor to it. You like it, man. Hmm. That's all that matters. I like it. That's all that matters. And I taste, I don't, I mean, you still don't taste any kind of bubble gummy or banana flavor? Yeah. I don't know what I taste, but I damn sure don't taste bubble gum or banana. <laughs> no. I feel like, I, I am certain of that. You might you see the doctor tomorrow and get your taste buds tested. All right, then I'll go for it, but I don't think it's going to change. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. All right, so Joe, tell us where do people find you on uh, on social media, or just how if somebody wants to, man, I really want to get some DRC pads. I want to look into them. Yeah. Uh, besides nextlevelcoatings.store where we sell them, where do people find your pads? You know what I would tell you, you if you're looking for something other than Marty, you're holding the thin pads, right? Yeah, oh, this is all we yep. carry is the thin pads. Yep. Yep. So Marty's got the thin pads. If you want them, go to his store. Um, otherwise, it's uh, drc1000.com. And uh, we're on Facebook and we're on Instagram. Uh, DRC1000. You should yeah. uh, I think it's, it's DRC1000. DRC no, then you got to put like a SII or something in it. Yeah, hang on a second. Yeah. Yeah, it's S- like DRC1000SII. Right, SII. Thank you. See, that's how I, 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 double nickels coming up around the corner, guys. 
You gotta look everything <laughs> up. <laughs> you gotta look everything up now. <laughs> you make it and you forget about it, right? Yep. Yeah, that happens. So DRC so SII. That's where people need to yep. go. Either yep. Facebook Instagram. or Instagram or just DRC1000.com. Yes. Yep. Man, cool. guys, I, I my apologies for clicking in and out of here, but I really had a good time. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I definitely, wish, man. man. So yeah, I you wish you the on. best in your business. Oh, I'm sorry. Ian, where do people um, find you? As always, I am at Redbridge Detail Shop, both Instagram and Facebook. DJ? Yep. Eco Green MD and Mobile Detailing, uh, and DJ Patterson, Instagram, Facebook. Follow me. Well, not only follow you, I mean, like anybody should send the questions, right? So, um, Earlier in the week, we were on a little drive to a Thunder game, and we were talking about the podcast, and, you know, I think, Ian, you're like, well, maybe you should have other people on. I was like, why? I think you guys are great. Like, this is awesome. And so I think uh, the comment was, well, we should call us co-hosts. I was like, cool. So the new co-host of the Pines of Podcast, you are being initiated right here with Joe. Joe is initiating you. That's awesome. As co-host of the Pines and Polly podcast, so boom. Well, I tell a four percent joke, but no one knows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian. Ian. It's going to be in the negative. There's too many inside you know, jokes. Yeah, too, too many, many inside, inside jokes. jokes. But that's what I think is fun about hey. having you guys on. You know, it keeps everything lively. So you guys, I've really appreciated you guys coming on. I think it's a fun podcast, and so yeah, definitely. I mean, co-host. All the way. You guys, uh, I, I second that. I had a good time. And um, you guys are, you yeah. guys are, uh, anyway, are, are uh, good people. Thanks, sir. Thanks, man. Welcome. So uh, I'm Mark uh, Total Auto Solutions. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, at Total Auto Solutions. And like I said, we're going to give you a black pad, and we're going to give you some Optimus Primer Polish. Go find us on Instagram, send me a DM and say, I want Joe's black pad and we will get it out to you with some Optimus Primer Polish. <laughs> to us, that is the best combination of finishing down paint, especially, I yeah. will say, side note, it looks like the vehicle has been coated after you use that combination. I'm yeah. not kidding you. That's crazy. I'm going to use it, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a yeah. shot. Definitely. You guys listening, and uh, Joe, DJ, Ian, thank you so much for your time. Yes, sir. Happy, right. happy detailing, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Happy thank detailing. You. Alrighty. Thank you. Make it a great day. <laughs> All right. Make it a great day. <laughs> you could ask one of us to sign off. Like, oh, since so you're the co-host. Right. Yeah, no Ian, shit, man. I mean, Ian, the co-host. Ian, co-host. Don't don't edit this out. Don't edit this out. <laughs> oh, of course not. Yeah, I mean we've only stopped oh, we started like five times. I mean Yeah. <laughs> that's he's gonna piece it together. It's fine. Yeah, that's due to me dropping my phone seven times. It's all right. We're we're into making records, <laughs> so this is our longest podcast yet. Hey guys, I gotta I, I gotta go make it a great yeah. day. I gotta sign off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see you guys. <laughs> Good gentlemen.